0: Hello, beautiful soul sister, and welcome back to another episode of the Soul Powered Podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Kiger. I'm a trauma-informed master mindset and money coach, as well as a financial expert of over 17 years. I have spent my entire adult life studying the difference between successful and unsuccessful people, and I plan on sharing all of the things with you on this journey together. This podcast is called the Soul Powered Podcast, because it's my desire to share with you how to create a life that is powered by your soul, not by societal standards or what everyone else in your life tells you that you should be doing, but actually powered by your soul. The reason you'd want to do this is because I believe that this is the fastest way to unlock your portal to prosperity and become what I call the wildly wealthy woman. This is the portal that once you enter it, You gain access to the prosperity, abundance, wealth, time, freedom, experiences, fulfillment that are your birthright. I don't believe that you came here to build someone else's dreams. I believe you came here to live your soul powered life and live it to the fullest. And I plan on sharing with you exactly how to do that during our time together. So thank you so much for being here. I know we're going to have so much fun together today. Let's dive in. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the soul powered podcast. I am so excited about our conversation today. I have with me a special guest, Amy Lee, who is a mystic, a mentor and a spiritual channel. And I can already tell like she's super in tune because we intuitively have the same color on and we're here. It's so exciting. So Amy Lee, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Rebecca. I'm so glad to be here this is super exciting and just guys so before we dive in i'm just gonna ask for forgiveness ahead of time i have a little bit of a nasliness going on so if i have to take a sip of water or cough or anything forgive me ahead of time all right so let's dive in amy lee i'd love to just hear a little bit about who it is that you help in the world and how you help them like what does a mystic what does a channel do what are you guiding women to or people in general
1: yeah, know, it is women. And I want to start by just sharing this really powerful piece of information that what I do has evolved tremendously since I started doing it. So anybody who listens to this is like, oh my gosh, that sounds so amazing. Like this is six years in the making. Okay. So like this has been refined, you know, like it's kind of like a cow that chews its cut. right? Like you eat it and then you spit it out and then you eat. It. And so- I just want to be very mindful, like, you know, for anybody listening, don't compare yourself to my now, because I've been doing this for a while. That being said, who I work with now, I work with women who kind of have their alpha women. They're very, very wildly successful, making tons of money, but there's like this chip on their shoulder. They've got a lot of resentment and they've got a lot of blocks around receiving. So they're really good at creating and manifesting and like bringing things into their existence, but in terms of feeling filled up or fulfilled or feeling like somebody's got their back or like they're connected, that's kind of where it falls apart for them. And so generally speaking, they have, you know, kind of closed off their heart to this connective energy. And so what we do is we go in and we look at where these blocks came from and we create an environment internally that then becomes more conducive to those things happening externally. So that's what I do. I love that. I love that. And that was
0: me a couple of years ago (laughs) before I started working with a spiritual shaman and really being able to open up. So I definitely know this path and this journey and how hard it can be. And I know that a lot of our listeners have kind of followed that journey. So I would love to just hear from someone who's helping women to do that. What does that look like in terms of, so the woman who's coming to you needing support, what does her everyday life look like? And so how will someone recognize if they're in that place?
1: So a woman who's going to need my support is going to be somebody who feels like she's balancing everything. She feels like she can't depend on anybody to do what needs to be done. She's constantly overworking herself and overdoing pretty much everything, right? She's going to try to be like the mom that goes to the school. And then she's also going to be, you know, having six figure, you know, maybe five or six figure months. She's going to be somebody who wants to hold on to her identity of the person who nobody helps more than she necessarily wants to shift that identity and come into union with her inner masculine and so she's going to be somebody who really just kind of thinks that she's on her own in the world right so there's different levels of consciousness and the first level of consciousness is to me consciousness this is where people are in victimhood right they're just like oh i can't do this because this happened and this happened to me and whatever that's the to me consciousness then we move into by me consciousness and that's where my lady hangs out. She's like, if it's gonna happen, I'm gonna make it happen. I can't depend on anybody else. And she's just completely disconnected from the dare I say it, romance with divinity, that like that beautiful dance of reciprocity. She's just not there yet. And so I meet her there. And then together we move into what's called through me consciousness, where she recognizes that she's a co-creator and that she's part of something bigger and that there is a beautiful love story to be unfolded there. And so that's where we go. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible.
0: I love the three levels because... That really is what the journey that I walked is. I see so many clients, you know, going in this place. And like you said, when you're in that victim place, that to me consciousness, it's going to be really difficult, right? I know most of the listeners here are not there. They've overcome that aspect of it, right? Because we have um,
1: through all of them too, though, Rebecca, yeah. like, I don't want to call anybody out. I have oh, my to yeah. me consciousness days and I've got my as me consciousness days where I'm like, I am God today. And I fluctuate in between all four of them. Absolutely.
0: But yeah, I think that a lot of times if we're in that all of the time though, right? The to me, we're not going to be necessarily looking for that growth, that next level. And I think that having that through me and recognizing that we are genuinely co-creators in this process, it is the most powerful place that we can be. Right. And so I know that you talk about healing the divine masculine and I hear a lot about, and I talk a lot about, you know, healing the divine feminine because that was kind of the process for me, but that was interesting when I saw some of the things that you had written as you were scheduling this interview about healing that divine masculine piece as well. And I'd love to hear and learn a little bit more about that. And then I want to go into your journey and hear like what brought you to this place, but can we start there with the divine masculine? Like how does someone know I guess you've kind of alluded to it a little bit, but we live in this unhealed, this wounded masculine society, right? And so is that why you're seeing most people being in this unhealed place?
1: Well, so I used to think that it was a wounded masculine, but what I've come to find out, it's actually like a, a withdrawn masculine or a suppressed masculine, right? Mm. So The way that society, you know, kind of has picked it up now is like, oh, women are operating in their masculine and they're not in their feminine. And there's some truth to that. But what I've come to discover is that you hear that phrase, I am all the time and the great I am, right? So the idea of I am is that we are everything we are all of everything. And so when we think about like the divine masculine is simply an aspect of us that we suppress, right. Or that we lean into sometimes. So the way that my work works, and this is going to get a little bit like, you know, inception, right. It's going to be very like internal. Okay. Internal. You can go there. Yeah. I just want to preface that is that within all of us, there is a feminine and a masculine and the energy of that masculine, it's almost like an internal partner. Okay. So there's a romance, there's a connection within us, almost like there's the veil and there's the feminine side of us. And then there's the masculine side. Now, one way women do it is we try to yank the masculine out of his chair, as my husband would say, right? Like we try to like pull him out of the chair and say, that's my seat. And we try to operate as the feminine to do the masculine things. Mm. What I've discovered is that the real way to do this is to allow the masculine in us to lead us. So it's a tiny nuance, but it's bringing forward that voice of protection, of foundation, of devotion from inside. And so what happens is these women who have been in a position of like you know, my husband doesn't pay attention to me. He feels like I'm always nagging him. Like I can't get any clients. You know, like there's all this desperation energy that they're throwing out because the world isn't giving them what they desire. So, what we're doing is we're reestablishing the connection with the inner masculine. So, the inner masculine can provide, because that's what masculine does in yeah. theory provide. So the providing internally and now suddenly we're a match for everything we desire because we no longer need it. So mm. because we're so filled up internally, it's like, you know, if I get that client, great. If I don't, it wasn't meant to be as opposed to like, oh my God, let me text her again. Maybe she didn't get the link. Maybe this, you know, and with my clients, I see such a shift so fast because mm. you go from like, oh my gosh, like what do I need to do to be enough for this world to like, my baby, like, you know, the internal masculine loves me just the way I am. Like, he thinks that I am gorgeous. He can't wait to talk to me at the end of the night to download our day together. And so this tiny shift, which I've named aerogetics, right? The idea of harnessing this Eros energy, this interconnective, you know, juiciness, has really revolutionized this idea of the masculine for my clients. Did that answer your question or did I go 100%? No, and we can go there because we've had all kinds of guests
0: and we talk about this stuff. So everyone's very familiar with these concepts and I love this. And you kind of just explained my journey as well. And those have been following me for a while on this. And I know a lot of women who are listening are also on this journey as well. So you've explained it in terms where, yeah, it's made sense, but... In the process, like during the process of walking through all of this, I wouldn't have been able to like articulate it in that way. And I think that one of the big things that I struggled with as you were explaining this, I'm thinking for a long time as I was kind of coming out of this wounded masculine, if you will, and cause I was doing all of the things that you described hundred <laughs> percent, right? All of the things that you described, yeah, we all were, we yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to do it myself. And I still find myself running into that pattern hundred percent. So there's always room for growth. Right. But I think that a lot of times, like what I was so resistant to was when I found out that I was so heavy in my wounded masculine and was stepping more into my divine feminine, I kind of went from one end of the spectrum to the other. You see that happen. Like I went from like doing and like forcing and hustling and grinding to, I don't want to do a damn thing. Like I went so far and I needed to heal. A big part of that was like recovering from burnout and healing. And I get that, but I was so resistant to anything masculine. mm -hmm. Like I was like telling my husband, I'm like, I'm not working with any coaches who are masculine. Like there's nothing. I was so resistant to that. So I love that You talk about this almost like romance and marriage. I've never heard it said in that way because Mm -hmm. I can see where that was really truly what I needed at the time and still do need, right? Is that marriage and that romance. Mm -hmm. But I found myself so resistant to it and honestly still do in some ways.
1: Well, I think society kind of, you know, perpetuates that too. There's this, you know, the truth of the matter is when the masculine and feminine come together, the transmutation that is created from that far surpasses anything that any entity can provide. Meaning when we recognize how powerful we are, we no longer need to be, you know, supplemented by society, by the government, by all these things. And so that's not a good place to have people when you're trying to control them. So there's a lot of narrative about toxic masculinity and you know, you should never give in to your husband, like blah, 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 and all these things. And and I will say, full disclosure, my journey with this kind of started with me, you know, my husband and I have a dominant submissive relationship, and I love that. I'm the boss bitch, like everywhere else. There needs to be some place where I can just not make decisions, right? And so my first thought was, okay, I'm just going to be the best sub. I'm just going to like be in my feminine. Like you said, right? Like I'm just going to be easy. I'm going to open and receive. And like, this is delicious and wonderful. And then something happened. My husband, who I adore, who's my best friend in the world, decided to do a water fast. It was an ordeal he wanted to do for himself. And he did it for 40 days. The first couple of days it was like, okay, he's fasting. He's fasted before. After about 10 days, it was like he was body snatched. All of a sudden, I'm teaching this program about why submission is power and all this stuff. And I'm literally sleeping next to a ghost, if he even came to bed at all, because sometimes he'd just stay up and watch videos. So all of this surrender that I had created externally, like smacked me in the face. And here I am teaching these women. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like it was so crazy. And it was in that moment that my inner masculine, whose name happens to be Eros, that he came out and was like, Hey, I'm here. Tell me your problems. Let me hold you. Like, and so, you know, I'd go to sleep at night and I'd imagine I was walking with him like outside. It was like never cheating on my partner because it's an internal. And to this day, even after that fast and everything else, my husband knows about Eros and he's like, way to go buddy, because you are filling her up. So by the time she gets to me, she's a whole person. When we're watching TV at night, he's getting back that sexy woman that's mysterious and incomplete. And it's not like, oh my God, I got the worst day in 10 years. And he's not, at the end of his crazy day where you know he's a stay-at-home dad, he's not trying to pick up the pieces of me because the pieces of me have been sustained. And so when he gets me, it's like, it's passion, it's romance. It's all of that 3D magic because I've been sustained on that 5D level the whole time before we ever met up again. And it's been world-changing. Wow. I was going to say
0: that has to be, because I think we put so much pressure right on our spouses and I have an incredible husband and we've been together for seven years and he's the same thing, my best friend. But I do know that for a long time I would put that pressure onto him as well. And so to be able to have that cultivated within, I can just see where this is such a powerful and even just thinking of some of my friends and some of my you know clients and what I like just how much of this happens without us really actually knowing what's going on. And so what are some of the ways that We can cultivate that inner masculine, call that version of us up. And like you said, visualize things like, are there things that you're, I mean, of course there are, you're teaching this, but are there things that you can share around this? Like, how do we cultivate that version of us?
1: So, I think the first thing is recognizing and stepping into devotion. I mean, this is a relationship, right? Like when we think about, well, historically, because some people have said, you know, that's not my relationship with God, but I'm going to say most people, their relationship with God is like, God's the sky daddy. And I ask him for what I desire and he provides it. And I say thank you and we move on. And that archetype kind of plays out at a certain point when you become an adult and you recognize, like, oh my gosh, I can manifest. I have dominion over these things. I am a co creator. Now it's like, okay, I don't want to lose that relationship, but also I'm not the little girl anymore. And so, how do we convert that relationship? And the answer is that it moves from a platonic, you know, parental relationship into a romantic one. And so the first step, like anything else is devotion. It's, Hey, I'm back. (laughs) I know I've kind of been missing for a while and it's just connecting. It's just listening and listening to the voice, you know, source, God, higher power, the universe always communicates through one frequency. And that frequency is love. Now, there are different levels of the frequency. There's, oh my gosh, you didn't pick up the stuff on your floor. Like, have you brushed your teeth lately? Or kids aren't going to like you if you do those things. And then there's, oh my God, babe, I just want to be everywhere you are. But it's all love. And so, what we get to do with our genetics is we get to tune that to the station that we want. We get to tune that to the station that's going to give us the best feedback, that's going to create the highest vibration. And for women, who tend to be very, you know, kind of unfulfilled in that department, especially when they get to a certain age and it's like, okay, I'm married now, what? You know, I have kids. This is an opportunity to kind of wake that up again and to really connect to that again. So the devotion is definitely a piece of it. And then I would say, you know, one of the ways that you can tell who your inner masculine is to look at your Mars in your birth chart. So that's going to be the energy of your inner masculine. And so really getting to know that Sign is another powerful piece, and there are lots of different components. Like obviously, there's his higher self, your higher self. Like there's so many different things. Can I tell you like success story real quick, please? Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, um, so back. I have a client who she started out in one business. She's super burnt out, very successful. You know, uh, multi six figure business, very successful. And she came to me and she's like, I'm so burnt out. You know, I don't really love what I'm doing. I'm doing it. I'm good at it, but it's not my passion. And I was like, okay, well, you know, what do you want to do? And so we came up with a different idea for something she wanted to do instead. And once she started this energetic process and connecting to her inner masculine, what she found was that she had this newfound energy to do all the things that she wanted to do, but she no longer had the time to work out. And it used to be that she worked out all the time. And if she didn't for like a week, she would gain 10 pounds, she said. Well, she didn't have time to work out anymore. And she said, since starting neurogetics, she hadn't gained an ounce. Oh wow. And the powerful. Yeah. And the reason for this is because when your inner masculine sees you in the ideal that's an observation. That observation then collapses all those quantum possibilities, kind of like in the double slit test, you know? And so now all of a sudden, you're operating with the identity of who you wanna be because you're being observed in your highest vibration by the entity that exists solely to be obsessed with you. So I just take you like- That's so cool.
0: Yeah. I love the way that you explain things because of course it makes sense, But then like all the nuanced aspects of the way that it plays out is like really powerful.
1: Yeah. And it deepens every day. Like every day I recognize new components of it. I had a client today tell me that she doesn't like to go visit her parents and her inner masculine was like, I'll be there with you. We'll talk, you know, I'll support you. If your mom says something stupid, like I'll be right there. Like it was so powerful for her to recognize this inner voice was her friend instead of her enemy. I think that's just like the
0: applications of how this could change your life. To me, it's just like, yeah, it's just, I'm like seeing all of these ways that, that the this world would, peace here. Yeah, a hundred percent. And so for women like us who are especially maybe breadwinners, or like you said, if your husband or your spouse is a stay at home partner, or you just happen to be a boss lady, right. Who's out here doing her thing and making lots of money and all of that, like sometimes there is that dynamic of where I think that we expect, or even like our husbands or spouses might, like, I know that sometimes it's an ego thing, right? From them where they don't feel as equal. I don't know. Like because of the monetary value that's put on men in this society. Oh, I know that one very well.
1: Absolutely. I was making multi-six figures in my network marketing business and my husband was staying home and he took such an ego hit. He had been in the military. He was an army ranger. He's like, I used to be the person who took care of us and he didn't know how to function in that way. And I'm like, do you even know how many other ways you support me? Do you even know- how much, I mean, we have five kids. He's the one who makes sure that they're fed and clothed and that, you know, they're taken care of and he homeschools them and he unschools them, but still like, he's the one who handles all of this while I'm out dancing around in other dimensions. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. But I think that, yeah, they don't recognize that. And
0: so in those periods of time where they're also going on their own journeys of, reclaiming their own, you know, healed masculine that having this aspect of us. And again, just just seeing all the applications, it's like too much to even articulate, but there's so many ways where this would come in and like, just allow you to be that whole and complete person. Right. And I know that you hear that phrase. It's like, yeah, your partner doesn't complete you. You're really two whole complete beings who come together and just realizing the magic of that, to be able to have this healed process is like you said, it's like out of this world, right? It's otherworldly. And knowing too, that very highly successful women, just knowing how much of a struggle it can be sometimes for us to feel emotionally supported as well, Mm -hmm. to know that we have that aspect of us that wants to step up and then support us. Like you said, it's just, it's unbelievably life-changing to be able to access this. Yeah, exactly. And I
1: love what you said, because you're absolutely right. You know, we're completing ourselves and then our partner becomes the Mm complement. instead of expecting them to come in and like fill up all those holes. And honestly, it's such a game changer because- now, all of a sudden, like you're coming back to that place. I mean, when you first started dating your husband, you know, it's like, I tell clients all the time, they're like, well, he won't put the toilet seat down. I'm like, what was it like when you visited him as, at his apartment? Right. Like, I <laughs> bet you like, it was disgusting and you didn't care because you were literally just like dry humping on the couch all the time. Like, so why does this suddenly matter? It matters because this is the expectation that you've set and that and all these things and what it means. And it's like that mystery is what keeps the magic alive. And so- I'm not for one second saying, you know, don't bring your problems to your partner. Obviously there's space for that. Like, you know, sometimes you just need to talk those things out, but also the connectiveness and the compatibility of your relationship, you can fix it in here. You never have to go to them. You don't have to have kitchen table talks about you did this and I did this. And it's like, no, like you can fix when you're fixing that in here, it's going to be reflected externally. It has to be.
0: It has to be. Yeah. It's a projection. It's really all is internal, right? <laughs> like we're literally projecting our own reality. And so I love that. I'd love to learn a little bit more about your journey and like what brought you into this work? Cause this is some deep, just incredibly transformative work that you're doing in the world. And obviously there has to be like a big why or, or something that happened in your life to bring you here, right? Like what
1: brought you to this place? So if you were to look at my birth chart, I have a stellium in my eleventh house, and I have a stellium in Scorpio. I'm like the Scorpio, Scorpio that ever Scorpio. <laughs> my masculine is in Mars, and my Midhaven's in Virgo. So, I am very much polarity, like embodied. Like I have both of those aspects in me, and both of them are very pronounced. Right. So, for me, I've always been fascinated, infatuated, if you will, with romance with the romantic story. When I was a little girl, like my life story was like, okay, did Romeo love Juliet because she was Juliet or did he love her because she was someone who loved him back? And like, those are the kind of things that fascinated me. I've always been drawn into that polarity conversation. And I think that honestly, it's been, you know, coming into my forties and feeling confident to have these esoteric conversations to Find out that I was a spiritual channel, that I have this claircognizance, that I can channel source for people. It was a little bit scary. You know, you get that witch wound. You're like, I, I know I've been killed for this before. Yeah, and, me so, too. and that's actually, you know, kind of how this all came out was like, I was on the energy workers table and I had this regression and it was like, yeah, you were murdered for teaching people that they were God. And I was like, what? Mm. And I was like, what did that look like? And I was like, that remains to be seen. And then, sure enough, this all dropped in. And I was like, oh, yeah. So I was the church. I probably would have killed somebody for this too. So, like, this is deep because think about it. Who's not going to like this? Advertisers, right? Politicians, anybody no. who's trying to control that you're not enough without something external. You can't think like this. Yeah. Because that's dangerous to them. I mean, it could cripple
0: capitalism. The system crumbles with this. And it is crumbling with this. Yeah, it is crumbling. It is.
1: It is. And so, you know, obviously the more that this gets out, the more that people like us are going to be kind of under, you know, attack, I guess. But at the same time, it's like so many people are waking up. Yeah. And and when I say these things, they're like, yes, residents, 100%. It's not like I expected when I first started sharing this, that so many people would be like, eh, is that really, I don't know. That's weird. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, this was okay. the missing piece. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because you know, they're, they're already so evolved. You're just reminding them who they are.
0: hundred percent. Yeah. It's the great awakening, right? And it's already too far down the path for it to be stopped at this point. It's In my opinion, I'm so excited. Of course, you know, we live in this 3D realm or moving into the 5D, all of that, but like of course, there's going to be some fear, there's going to be some unknown aspect, but I'm just loving it. I'm enjoying the journey, you know, coming from a place with a lot of like religious programming and whatnot, of course, like I lived in fear for a very long time. But yeah, once I realized it was the same thing, you know, and I've healed the witch wound and realized, yeah, I mean, I was killed for this before I've seen the visual, I've seen the, (laughs) you know, the past life regressions and things as well. And like, hey, this is why we're here. You know, there's enough people here who are doing this work to be like, yeah, we're protected. I believe that wholeheartedly, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's an incredible journey. And just, it's amazing to hear other people who are coming out and talking about these things because it's so needed, right? It's so needed. And how many, like you said, it's actually quite interesting how many other people, like once someone raises their hand and says, Hey, this is, you know, you're kind of like maybe one of the first ones coming out talking about it. And then everyone's like, yeah, I actually agree with you. And this has been what I've been experiencing as well. So I think that's incredibly awesome. So in terms of your aerogenics, you said aerogenics <laughs> process, will you talk a little bit about that? And like, I mean, I know that a lot of this is more intangible stuff that you're doing, but do you want to talk a little bit about like what that process looks like if someone were to want to work with you in, in that capacity to heal this union that you're
1: talking about? Yeah. So if you think back to kind of when you were in high school or maybe junior high and you had that first impulse, or you saw that movie where you like, for me, it was Twilight. Actually it was Romeo and Juliet before that, but you know, that feeling of like, Oh my gosh, like I could read this book all day, this guy, like you just get this tingling feeling in your spine. And I think that, you know, the Sanskrit folks call it Kundalini energy. For me, it's the energetic impulse, right? It's that like tingly feeling. And you have that as a small child, or not a child, like a teenager. And then one day you get married off and you have a bunch of kids and you're like, where did that spark go? I don't have it anymore. Like I'm not making it. Well, what people don't recognize is that is life force energy. That's the thing that was keeping you going. And it was like your internal generator. And that's what was attracting and magnetizing. And I can stay up all night and let's walk on the beach until sunrise. And like, where did all this energy come from? It was that euphoric, like Not even sexual because it comes from a different place. It's like sensual energy. And that's Eros, right? It's that life force, like, oh my gosh, like this is just so good, right? And so that energy, when you stop making that energy, you still need it to live. So you're getting little drabs of it from everywhere. You're pulling it out of experiences. You're pulling it out of clients. You're like, I need more clients. You know, I need my partner to cuddle me. I need the cat to sit with me. And so you're creating this like, vacuum of energy, this desperation. And what happens is when you're not making that energy anymore, you're getting little tiny drabs of it. You constantly need hits because you're exhausted. You know, you're uninspired. We hear burnout. We hear uninspiration. We hear stagnation, all these things, not to mention premature aging. And then if you're not using that part of your body and it shuts down and you've got this resentment with your partner, well, now we're talking about having to get a hysterectomy and having all kinds of cancers and disease. And so what we're doing is we're opening that channel back up. We're opening, we're expanding that space. We're letting that energy come back in and start moving through up and down the system. And what we're essentially doing is this is the fountain of youth. This is the holy grail. It's like, okay, so let's use Twilight as an example. I was, I don't know, 25 when Twilight came out and suppose that, you know, there's a part of me that like recognized that I was a high schooler. Right. So I'm watching this movie and it's like, oh my gosh, like Jacob's so cute and he's my age. And like, that's great. Well, now I'm watching it. Do I look back and go, oh my gosh, now I'm a pedophile because I'm watching this and I think he's handsome. No, because there's a part of me that's still back there. That's still 17 years old or 20 years old or however old I was when I saw Romeo and Juliet, I was 13, right? Leonardo DiCaprio. Am I like looking at him as a child? No, I'm accessing the part of myself because time's not linear. That's still at that age, right? So we are all those ages. We are our teenage selves. We can have that like, oh, look at me like he just wrote me the sexiest text. Like we can have that. We don't have to say, oh, I'm past that point in my life past that point in my life is saying, I'm giving up, I'm shutting down, I'm allowing my body to start the process of dying because that's basically what we're talking about. And this is why, you know, women in the fifties and sixties, like if you go back and look at our parents, even like they looked like they were in their seventies and their thirties. I mean, look at their hair and look at the way they dressed because they had absolutely no access to this energy. Literally like from the moment that they started having children, they were just like checking out, you know. And it's so different now. So that's what aerogetics is all about. It's about reawakening that seed of desire. It's about remembering that we want things and allowing the universe to bring them to us and to be grateful and receiving those things and feel that receiving and not be resentful or fearful that making our desires known makes us too vulnerable or that, you know, oh, I, you know, now we let him win. Like, no, that's not what it's about. And so I hope that made sense. It does. Yeah. So walking through this process, I'd
0: love to hear like, just what does someone experience when they have gone through this process with you? And so what does life look like now? We kind of talked about what it looked like before. What does it look like now that they have healed this? I don't even want to call it heal, but yeah, I guess it's healing, right? Of calling out this union and walking through this process.
1: I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Fifty Shades of Grey, but like imagining like that you're Anna, that you literally have a billionaire in your pocket that wants to do everything for you, that wants to make all of your desires reality, that just wants to serve you in every capacity, that couldn't look at another woman if they tried because you are the end all be all, like you are it. And it's like, oh, you know, I didn't get that client. Oh, well, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All your needs are always met. You just feel filled up from the inside out. It's a really, really transformational feeling that people notice. Oh, do they notice? (laughs) That's awesome. That's
0: incredible. Yeah. I'm going to have to check out your work. I'll probably be at your workshop as well because I do want to learn more. I think this is incredible. And like I said, I've kind of been on this journey for my own for quite some time, but I think this is just, it's always about deepening the levels. I mean, I don't want to say it's always about, because I feel like there's a bit of that where you can be chasing the next thing, right? But I do believe that life is about the journey. And when we are not growing, that we're dying, like you said, I don't ever want to get to that place, right? And so I love to learn more about these concepts and dive deeper into them. So as we're kind of winding down our time, is there anything that you want to share that spirit wants you to share today? No, I must've said it. Cause okay, we're good. My hands are okay, down. Good, so good. I think we must've gotten it in there somewhere. <laughs> I just wanted to give you the opportunity just I in case, that. cause I didn't want to like pass that. I wanted to pause and make sure. So this has been incredible. I really do appreciate your time, Amy Lee. This has been amazing. If someone wants to learn a little bit more about your work or what it is that you do in the world, where do you hang out the most and where can they find you like on social media? Yeah. So
1: you can go to my website, erogenics.com. It's uh phonetic. So you can check that out. And of course my Instagram, which is gratitude underscore and underscore glamour. You can find me there. And then of course, you know, you can find me on Facebook. I, I hang out there. Okay. Awesome. So
0: we'll definitely have everything in the show notes, guys. And if you want to check her out, please do so. Give her a follow. Obviously, you can see if you're deep into the esoteric stuff, which I certainly am, that you will find value from her and her work. So I want to give the opportunity. Is there any last comments, anything that you want to share as we kind of wrap up today that you feel inspired to share with our audience today?
1: I would just say, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for having me. And I would just like to say that... What happens in your life is so much less important than how you judge yourself or what happens. Mm -hmm. Events and experiences are neutral, but the way that you make yourself wrong or the way that you decide that you didn't do it right is what makes the difference in the vibration, which is what will attract more of those experiences that you have deemed negative. So if you can catch yourself, or if in this case, of energetics, you can replace that voice with something that's supportive and loving and joyful and all those things, it's a total game changer. And so if all you do is pay attention for the next week to how you make yourself wrong and just be an observer, don't judge, just be an observer and watch how your life changes. Oh my
0: God. I love that so, so much. That is spot on. And I was just thinking that this morning, literally like before I hopped onto my first podcast interview, I'm like, there's something going on and it's just always like the stories that we create. Right. So I love that. I love that guys. Definitely. That's like a mic drop moment. So we'll end it there. Thank you so much again, Amy Lee. This has been incredible. Guys, check her out and I will see you in the next episode. And definitely if you guys have insights or anything that you want to share, screenshot this episode and share it on social media so that we can allow Amy Lee to know that her work is impacting you all as well. All right, guys. See you in the next episode. Bye. Soul Sister, thank you so much for tuning in to this entire episode today. If you enjoyed this episode, would you do me a favor and leave a quick review? This allows me to reach more people, and if you found value, I know others in your life will too. Also, be sure to share this episode on social media along with your biggest takeaways so I know what resonates most with you and I can keep the good stuff coming. And if you're looking to dive into a deeper connection than this podcast will allow, consider checking out my Rise to Riches experience in the show notes below. I would love to hear how these messages have helped you take one step closer to living your soul-powered life and becoming the wildly wealthy woman. Sis, let's continue to rise together. I'll see you next time. Bye.